0: In this episode, I'm going to share a short story with you uh, about a time early on in my therapy career where I learned the importance of having healthy boundaries and expectations for the clients that I serve. My name is Justin Sanceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist that thinks that the world needs a new paradigm for mental health. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. This is actually uh, one of my weekly episodes from the Polyvagal Patrons Podcast. That's my other podcast that I have only on Patreon. It's $5 a month, and you get an entire other podcast. Most of them are short episodes, kind of like this one, about nine minutes. But if you become a patron for five bucks a month, you also get priority responses from me. You get priority answers to your questions. You get live streams every single month, and of course, the entire other podcast. Again, five bucks a month, I'll put a link in the description. Why am I doing this? Well, because I want you to become a patron. But also, I have been extremely sick—not COVID sick, but extremely sick for an entire week. And I just I didn't have time or energy or strength to record or pretty much think about anything. But yeah, here you go. This is uh, something I recorded for my patrons that I am sharing with you. I saw on the internet the internet today. I was perusing for questions about therapy therapists and just kind of get some motivation on what I should. Maybe talk about in a future episode of the Stuck Not Broken podcast or on my Patreon. And there was a question about that I found about what was like one event that you, as a therapist, went through that dramatically changed the way that you do therapy or view yourself as a therapist or something like that. And the first thing that came to mind is I'm sure there's been a, a number of those, but the first one that came to mind is when I I was basically at my first is my practicum, is my practicum placement. And that what that means is that you're a student and you're collecting your hours toward becoming a therapist and toward uh, eventually taking the test to become licensed. And uh, so my practicum placement was at a residential substance abuse treatment home for boys, for adolescents, for adolescent boys. And this was in San Francisco. I want to say it was the Mission District. I forget which one I want. I believe it was Mission District, though. Or it might have been hate. Um, See, I forget. But the point is, I I had, I think it was like my first, maybe second, technically second client that I ever had as a therapist, as, as a student. And I remember him, he and I having some really solid sessions, a couple of them. And really discussing his motivation and why he wants to change, coping skills, how to handle his anger. Anger was a big problem of his. So a lot of hope. My hope was like super high for him. And it still was and it still is hope was high expectations were very high and just expecting him to succeed that my therapeutic interventions were perfect and just what he needed and that there would be no problems anymore and that didn't turn out to be the case whatsoever i think you know that that, that night after or very soon after our like second maybe third session uh he had a big blowout which is very common in these places big blowout lots of anger uh yelling at his peers that were also in the treatment facility, yelling at staff, maybe throwing a chair or something like that. Like it was, he had a big thing, right? Next time we met, I just kind of talked with him and was like, what what happened? I thought we had this all planned out. And he's basically says, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, or I just lost control. I think that was like early on I learned that uh, despite my best efforts and my clients as well, like stuff's just going to happen and it's simply out of our control. I think it was a crash course in me realizing that I don't I don't have control. They do. They they make their own choices. And it's okay to have your hopes high. And I still always have my hopes high for my clients. I think it's actually really important to success is that they feel my hope as a therapist, that they their change is possible. But I also didn't want it to be this thing to where my hopes were so high that I was crushed personally if they didn't succeed. And I think that's what I learned from that was like i felt um disappointment uh i felt i don't know uh not really failure i don't think i wouldn't say i felt failure i think disappointment was the biggest feeling and i don't think it's wrong but i also that was like it was like a, it was a lesson for me to back up and Trust that I'm doing the best I can, but ultimately change is in their hands. Their life is in their hands. And it's, it's up to them ultimately to make the choices they need to make, right? And I do the best I can as a therapist. And I think I, therapy, therapists can have a lot of impact and influence. But ultimately, it does come down to the client. And I think that was just my way of, of like realizing that. And taking that step back and and I remember telling myself in that moment, I don't want to feel like this repeatedly. <laughs> I better get a hold of this right now. I better get, check my expectations for my clients, which I always want to have high expectations and I still do. But I can't have my competence, my feelings of confidence in what I'm doing, like riding on whether or not they make the right choice in the next circumstance that they're in. Like, I just have to do the best I can in my role as a therapist. But once that's over, like once that hour, therapeutics hour is over, or once I clock punch out for the day, that's kind of the best I can do. You know, for the most part, that's kind of the best I can do. That instance changed how I view myself and how much I put of myself in my hopes of my clients. Was a, it was a good lesson. So he if you're wondering, he ended up I don't believe he completed that treatment round successfully. And I believe he went AWOL and ran away from which was very common. That happened a lot. He we we called it AWOL. He just basically ran off from the place. Um, he ended up back in the city that he he went, he didn't live in San Francisco, he lived somewhere else. And he ended up back in that city. Years later, I would say a few years later I lived in the city that he came from and he and I had that in common. We came from the same city, even though we weren't the same age, looked nothing alike. We had that in common and that was something for him because when you go from one city to another for treatment, like you're just, you're so out of your depth. You're so like you're interested in strange waters, I guess. And having that connection with someone who knows the same streets as you do, same street names, the same high schools, uh, it, it meant something to him. So anyhow, he he and I met up in that city, because I was just there with at the time my girlfriend, maybe my fiance, now my wife. But uh, we were at the mall and he <laughs> he he was in a car. He was in the passenger seat, and I saw this. I didn't recognize him at first. I saw this guy looking at me out of a car, and I kind of looked back, and it, it didn't connect with me who it was. And he pulled like he he wasn't driving the car, so he told the person, "Hey, pull over." Got out of the car, ran over to me, and I want to say, I don't know if he hugged me. It might have been a hug or just like a handshake. But he was like, hey, Justin, I'm this, do you remember me? And So I, I know I had an impact on him. I know our relationship for him was safe and, and there was some trust there. And even when he saw me out in public, even though his friend would be like, what was that about? Like he still chose to stop and and say what's up and and share appreciation for me and i wish them well and whatnot so i think some good came of that i really you know some good came of it and oftentimes oftentimes um what do they call it planting seeds planting seeds especially with really difficult populations in really difficult circumstances like that's sometimes the, the most you can hope for is just to plant that seed of of safety, of trust, of vulnerability, or of or modeling a positive relationship. So that um, that circumstance taught me to, like, back up in a way, to not put my hopes and my expectations into my client in that way and to not be as crushed when they don't follow through with what we planned out and what I'm hoping for them, right? And, uh, yeah, ever since then, I, I definitely backed up and have really healthy boundaries with, with my clients, but still, still expecting the best, still hoping for the best but not putting myself in it in that way. I hope that makes sense. And it also taught me that even though success doesn't look the way I had wanted it to look, success can look other ways. And success might be just planting those seeds. It might be just having that person experience some level of safety and connection and hope of of their own. Something to build on, something to grow. And uh yeah. That that, that was an important Pretty pivotal moment for me, in my my career as a therapist that happened twelve, thirteen years ago, and I still remember I still remember that client very clearly. I hope I run into him again someday. I don't live in that that city anymore, unfortunately, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe our, our paths will cross uh, someday. And, yeah. Thanks for listening to this. I hope you got something out of it. If you again, if you are interested in becoming a patron, only five dollars a month. It's like a coffee, maybe only five bucks a month, and you get a whole bunch of perks. There's a link in the description only on Patreon. Bye.